Hey there, horror movie tea sippers. The following podcast episode will contain spoilers for the movie we are about to review. If you have not seen the movie and do not wish to have anything ruined prematurely, please do not continue to watch or listen until you have seen the movie. And welcome to the Horror Movie Tea Podcast. Today we are covering a Christmas carol from 2019. This one we're kind of cheating on because it technically was a TV miniseries, but you can watch it in its entirety like it's a movie. A three-hour movie. Yes, but this was recommended by V. (laughs) But before we go into the review, let's grab our cups and talk about tea. So... I am drinking the Plum Deluxe Tea Break White Tea. It's got white tea, orange peel, tangerine essence, honeydew melon essence, and it's got low caffeine. And I am drinking Twining's Herbal Tea Pure Peppermint, which legit just has peppermint in it. (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering when you'd grab that one. And I need mint. And I'm saving my caffeine allotted amount for later. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, thank you to Plum Deluxe for allowing us to continue to do what we love. And for our tea sippers out there, brew yourself a cup of tea, sit back, relax, and we hope you enjoy the review. So for the summary. Oh, okay. Do have to initiate a trigger warning for this episode. There are mentions of child sexual abuse, depictions of torture, also uh, catastrophic events such as like collapsing mines and death. Death. Yeah. So Um, some abandonment issues and also near adultery. Yes. And also, yeah, so psychological torture and then very graphic depictions of hell. So just a warning. Never was thought a fun one, V. <laughs> yeah, never thought we'd say that for a Christmas carol. Yeah, this was a slightly darker version. Yeah, so so this one is, you know, the typical Charles Dickens iconic ghost story, but it's got it's a gothic adaptation. And so I want to say it was an FX original movie or series. Yeah. That, yeah. That's why I said yeah. in the beginning of the the you didn't say it was FX. You just said it was a miniseries. I thought it said it is Fox. Yeah, Fox is the same as FX. I don't. I'm pretty sure it is. Anyways, we don't we don't watch <laughs> television. But Ebenezer Scrooge, as we know, experiences a dark night of the soul, where he is shown the past, present, and future by some visiting ghosts. Yes. So for entertainment. This one's a a tough one for me because I like the idea of this movie, but there's a lot of things that break down very quickly. So from the, this is kind of my go to Christmas, more horror type of movie. So I would rate this a 7.5. I, I, but love this season. Yeah. But um like it's not my go-to Christmas carol movie, but it's like my second or third. 
versus Muppets because it's the Muppets. <laughs> Mine is Scrooged because Bill Murray. I've actually never seen that movie. <laughs> so while Jess is having a heart attack, uh, so for those, <laughs> she just blasphemed. I just, it just never came up in my life. Excuse I'm sorry. Me while I have an aneurysm. I'm pretty sure I've talked about it before. How have you not seen it? I know. Just because oh, you're talking about it, it. I have so many <laughs> movies I have to watch. We woman. are watching it together. <laughs> we might be reviewing it at a random point next year that's not around Christmas just because. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so for those who might not be familiar, Victorian England had the tradition of making the transition to winter as a time to tell scary stories, but this particular tradition wasn't anything that really carried over to the U.S. for us, uh, for those Americans out there. And <laughs> uh, so really the Charles Dickens novella, A Christmas Carol, was really the only remnant of that time that really stuck in the U.S. And another reflection for those who might not be aware is the song It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year, where there's a lyric that mentions scary ghost stories. So I know for for some people that are in other countries, this might be a, well, no, duh. But typical Americans, we don't think about scary stories as a part of Christmas. Nope. It's mostly lighthearted cheer and smiling Suffocating faces. joy. And yes, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. And shopping. Lots of shopping. Yeah. Capitalism. <laughs> yes, it, it's mostly capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> and um, stress. <laughs> <laughs> and stress all the stress <laughs> yeah but most wonderful time of the year my app <laughs> okay scrooge <laughs> uh, but anyways uh but for us horror fans it, it's very natural to transition into scary ghost stories for for the christmas time uh, it makes it more fun to have the counterbalance of like super happy joy joy, <laughs> or darkest and then and full of terrors. Yes, but yeah, this adaptation is much darker. Yes, <laughs> and very gothic, bravo v. inspired. <laughs> uh, Scrooge is much closer to a tragic villain yes. than his other movie counterparts. Uh, they add darker elements, such as Scrooge being sexually abused as a child, to explain why he hates Christmas so much. Um, yeah. But yeah, it gives us a stronger reason for Scrooge to hate Christmas because his father left him during the holidays at the school where the headmaster sexually abused him. It's a very in-your-face retelling that you'll either love or hate, I feel. Like, the... This movie, I mean, I guess, to be fair, I, it's not like I love this movie. It's just I really like the darker elements because it really, with with other A Christmas Carol adaptations, it really touches more on the lightheartedness than the darker elements. And so this movie, for me, satisfied the darker elements of what I wanted from A Christmas Carol. But it's like... I'll get I'll I'll expand a little bit further on that though on if that it goes too far, but yeah it doesn't replace other adaptations for me. Um, I enjoy the cynicism of the movie, 
some really dynamic and interesting scenes, like going from childhood to adulthood to what could have been with Elizabeth. I thought it was kind of interesting for them to flesh that out. But my biggest, one of my biggest gripes is the pacing of the ghosts. So, yeah, so it's like the first ghost and the second ghost, arguably, but mostly the first ghost. It drags on for a pretty long time. It's like two thirds of the movie. And then the last two ghosts, especially the very last one, it just, it feels like it goes by so quick. The last one was what, 10 minutes? 15? Yeah, so I feel like they had... Feel gypped. Some quiet... I know, that's like the worst one, you know? Yeah. (laughs) It's like they... And arguably the most interesting one. Yeah, like they... They felt so compelled to expand on Scrooge's backstory to explain why he was the way he was... That they kind of forgot the element of the original novella. Yeah. And so it kind of gyps the last two ghosts, in my opinion. Yeah, so they made Scrooge so messed up that they had to expand on his past to try and make him more sympathetic to the audience. But then it makes the ghosts last way too long and makes the others feel way too short. Because it's like... You know, they make Scrooge come off as so evil. They're like, oh, he caused the death of, you know, many people with his greediness. And neglect. Neglect. But then they're like, oh, we have to expand on his backstory and explain why so we can make him a sympathetic character. So that way at the end, we don't still hate Scrooge. But so this is my biggest gripe with the movie and where I feel like it definitely falls short and is not going to be my go-to adaptation. Like, it's like you could argue if the additional grit actually adds anything to the story. It's an interesting adaptation, but it feels like it goes too far to allow Scrooge to be redeemable. Yeah. It's like he starts off as a villain, and then he becomes more like, not even a sympathetic villain, because it's like... Yes, they have the, he was sexually abused as a child, but that doesn't necessarily explain him going to greed and becoming super greedy to the point where it costs the lives of the workers. Like, there's so many things that he does that you're like, sexual abuse does not, and trauma do not explain what he did. That he fell to. Yeah, like, I can understand him hating Christmas. Like, that makes total sense. But the fact that they had him do all of these additional evil things. So, it's like, on the one hand, I enjoy this movie for its darkness. Like, I I enjoy the darker elements. It really feels still true to the original story. However, they make it so dark that... At least in my opinion, at the very end of the movie, even when Scrooge is being the good guy, it doesn't feel like he's being that much better. Yeah. You don't get that lightheartedness that you get at the end of most other adaptations. So that's my biggest gripe with the movie is they just went too dark. Didn't make Scrooge very redeemable. Like, I feel like... They were doing good and then they took it a step a little too far. Yeah, like in my opinion, I feel like if they had kept the sexual abuse thing, but then removed the mind part and then him messing with Mary, 
Yeah, I th- I feel like those, especially messing with Mary. That was the biggest thing for me. That was the biggest that I was like, no. Like, I could see how he could get from his past to, like, neglect and focusing purely on profit and the mind thing and all. I can actually see that. It just takes more inference than what it should have been. But what he did to Mary... That's what went way too far for me. I'm pretty sure that was just what was going to happen. Like, he didn't actually do that. It's no, just, he didn't. Like, if he, he continued said, on. Yeah, he said that it was more of a mental exercise. He wanted to make a twisted, stupid proof to himself of how far people can fall and all. But, but it's that like... didn't make much sense. And the links that he went to to do that to prove a stupid and not exactly valid point to himself, then it just it went too far. Yeah. And it seemed like someone who had gone through sexual abuse, you know, while in some cases the trauma unfortunately can repeat itself. In extremely rare cases, yes. It doesn't seem like... He he had no indication beforehand that that's the type of person he was. Yeah. It just seemed out, out of left field. Yes, it was very out of character and didn't make much sense at all. Yeah, so I feel like the, the mine and then the stuff with Mary, if they had cut that out, it would have still remained a very dark rendition, but still allowed Scrooge to be redeemable. Yeah. But that's what I got. So before I get into... A little bit of discussion on that to build on it. I'm going to go ahead and say my rating, which is 6.25. Okay. It was decent. It's not my go-to, obviously, but it's it was decent. They did definitely take it a couple of steps too far. I can, again, still see them keeping the mind thing in there. They needed to expand a little bit on still getting from point A to point B. Yeah. Because there was a lot of inference that I made that made sense for him getting to that point. But the thing with Mary is really, it just was so out of character and didn't make sense at all. Why was he trying to prove that point and why pick that way to try to prove that point? Yeah. It didn't make sense in any way, shape or form. <laughs> and honestly, it I put it a different way. Hold on just a second. <laughs> Because otherwise, I'm just gonna go off on it. it, it well, well, you're that looking part really bothered me. Yeah, like it, it really from A B C. It just like really jumps without even whenever you're dissecting the movie. It doesn't really make a lot of sense why he would go from one extreme uh, yeah. to the other. So it's hard to believe someone with his past trauma could even make someone think he would put them in that situation even if nobody else knew that he had had that past yeah for him to put someone else in that situation that he was so uncomfortable and traumatized by it didn't make much sense and he had shown no other proclivities or tendencies toward that at all the entire rest of the movie anyway he basically holds the kid's life hostage to prove a stupid and incorrect point to himself yeah which is exactly what he did. The kid would die without that surgery. 
he had the means to help that surgery. He was withholding <clears throat> those means just to prove a stupid point to himself that made no sense because a mother is going to do whatever is in her power to save her child. Regardless, you're holding the kid's life hostage. Of freaking course, she's going to do whatever it takes to save her kid. Yeah, that like, proves nothing. It has, yeah, it has nothing to do with his point. It's no. just how much a mother loves her child. Yes. Which any decent which mother is an, would do. a point that he was trying to prove to himself. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I, it's like, I did get the sense that he was probably going to give her the money regardless, but it's still like messed up that he even inferred to her yeah. that she had to go through all of these exactly. very terrible hoops. Yes. So, and that caused so much trauma on her. So why he would inflict the same or similar rather type of trauma that he himself experienced onto someone else makes no sense. Yeah. Like, I, I think the fact that... He watched her undress and then was like, JK, you can go grab your yeah, money. Like, he even go far with that, too. Yeah, it's like, even if she, like, made it to his house and he's like, I have no intention of doing this. Yeah. Here's the money. I just wanted to I see. I just wanted to see if you'd even show up. That would at least make it a, a, not not good, but slightly less. A little bit better. Bad. Yeah, yeah it, it wouldn't have been good regardless because, again, same type of situation. He's still holding the kid's life hostage and it still doesn't really prove a point. But it would have made it a little less traumatic for her, at least. Which would have made it a little bit better. Yeah. But it's... So a lot of the inferences that I made for the mind thing just... So you can see where I'm coming from. It makes sense with what he experienced that he would have a bit more of an analytical mind. He shut off a lot of his emotions and put like a wall around them. So he was trying to insulate himself and protect himself from feeling a lot of those things. So it makes sense that he would rely more on logic, which is cold and hard and rational. And a lot of that in that kind of era was profit-based or money-based. He was really good with money. It made sense to him. Counting things made him feel better. It seemed almost a compulsion to count things. Like almost like a uh, coping. Yes. Like it's like I don't I don't have control over my life so I'm going to control the money. Exactly. It was something that he could control, something tangible that he could do. And it counting really was a compulsion for him. He would count how many times things were called in the streets or certain sounds that would happen or certain things that he saw. So counting was something that he could control and it was grounding him. So it helped him keep himself in check mm -hmm. and keep from just fraying at the edges. <laughs> with his emotions and things that he kept trying to keep behind a wall. So I get that. That makes sense that he went into that kind of business. And it makes sense also that it was comforting to him to deal with those facts instead of the emotion. And he would cling to it when confronted with certain situations like the mind collapse and everything, how he kept trying to justify everything with rationality and logic instead of with emotion, trying to keep emotion completely out of it. Emotion was very uncomfortable for him because of the past memories that it brought up because yeah. he never dealt with it. That makes sense. I can see that. So 
again, a lot of inference there. <laughs> yeah. Which not everyone would see that and jump to that. But I wanted to at least show you where I found it. Well, and it is a little frustrating where it's like they could have completely knocked out the whole Mary scene and then just fleshed out more. Yes. You know, how he got from, you know, childhood to the situation in the mines. Yes. I also feel like they cut out pretty much everything with Elizabeth. I didn't know who she was when they were showing her on the thing. And they never mentioned her again. Yeah, like that was very quick. And it <laughs> they didn't it, mention how they met, them dating, nothing. <laughs> and it's crazy because it's like, I, I don't know if you got this too, but I feel like they're talking about his childhood to really make you get sympathy for him. But it's like you could also gain additional sympathy by fleshing out his relationship with Elizabeth yes. more. Easily. And they do that in several other movies. Yeah. But this one, they just completely gloss over it. They're like, hey, yeah, there's this lady he could have been with and he would have been really happy, but he chose not to do that and chose to be an a-hole instead. So <laughs> you're like, oh, that's cool, I guess. Like they could have gotten a whole rendition of him being like, you know, I couldn't them like inferring that he couldn't deal with uh, feeling you know, love mm -hmm. again because of his trauma. And that's why he's like, I'm just going to stick to cold calculations and logic. And then that's why their relationship, yes. like they could have emotions made me uncomfortable and I couldn't give her what she needed. So I yeah. decided to leave and be an a-hole. Like if anything, they could have made it more of a trauma story yeah. where it's like, oh, because of my past trauma, because I couldn't deal with it, face it, it permanently messed up my relationship with this person that I truly loved. And then yes. kind of go down from there. My love map was messed up. <laughs> Yeah, like, this, oh, it's like this movie they, they had the potential to make it so good and so dark, and they just, ah! <laughs> So frustrating. <laughs> yeah, so the ending seems unsatisfying and unfinished. Yeah, it, it didn't... It didn't, yeah. and a lot of that... I appreciate the fact that because they went so hard with the past traumas and everything, and... That he was such a bad guy because of everything that happened and what he did and how he kept trying to rationalize what he did instead of being like, you know what? I own that. You're right. I was horrible. <laughs> because he didn't. He almost... I, I don't remember him ever saying, you know what? You're right. I was horrible. He said at one point, I wouldn't be the man that I am now. If I went back, I wouldn't be the same man. But it's still like... But that's like the only time he said it. <laughs> and it is another thing, too, like a part of the trauma. Like, they lean so hard on the trauma that I feel like the other ghost should have helped him almost, like, confront his trauma. Yeah. But instead, they're like, oh, we're going to go back to, like, what the other adaptations do and just show, like, yeah. what's going to happen. And, and then that somehow makes him a better person. It's like, no. Yeah, that didn't help at all. <laughs> But I, I do appreciate that he didn't really try to seek forgiveness. He didn't own it, which I don't appreciate. But he didn't seek forgiveness. He understood by the end, finally, that he was a horrible person and irredeemable, basically. So instead of being like, I'm going to try to earn people's forgiveness, he's like, I'm going to try to make amends, but I'm not going to seek forgiveness. I cannot be forgiven for the things that I've done. Yeah. 
So yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. And he did subtly apologize to Mary in a way that doesn't let her husband know what happened, what he did. So he's not bringing that on her or putting any of it on her. He's He did, in a way, own that. But it wasn't quite enough. And it didn't feel finished because they also didn't mention like him doing anything for the survivor of the mine incident or the families of the victims or his nephew, him reaching out to his nephew and his only yeah. living relatives remaining or anything like that. It was all about Tiny Tim. Just yeah. him. That's all. Yeah. So it was very rushed at the end and very unfinished. And I felt gypped. Really felt gypped with that third ghost, not gonna lie. That's always been like my favorite one. It's always the dreaded. The most yeah. dreaded one. And they always like go all out to make it so scary yes. looking. But I felt gypped with his appearance in this one. It was still cool effects and all the sewn mouth and everything. That was kind of creepy. But I still felt gypped because in like every other rendition I've seen, it's basically been the Grim Reaper. And I was looking forward to it, especially with this dark version. And then we get the guy with the sewn mouth. Yeah. And then they kind of trick it. you with the the cover picture for the movie. Yeah. Where it's like you do see like a Grim Reaper type of... Yeah. And when the ghost initially appears... You see the shadow of the Reaper there. And I got excited. I was so happy. I'm like, oh, yes, here we go. Let's do it. And then they show the dude with the sound mouth and that's it. I feel cheated <laughs> a little bit. That was yeah. a choice. I don't appreciate that choice. I get it, but I don't appreciate it. But yeah, it's most of the other stuff is more mingled with the realism. So I'll I'll wait for that. But that's what I got for entertainment. It's still a good story. It is yeah. good. They took it a little far into the dark side, farther than I believe they should have, because some of those things don't make sense, and we did touch a little bit on the realism for that, but it's fine. We had to. Well, it's frustrating <laughs> because it's like, it had the potential yes. to be like such a good, dark retelling. Yes. It just, it affects the entertainment of it so much. Yeah, it's like, they just, they're just something that they just had to tweak, like completely nix, completely tweak. You know, add and more flesh of, out just a little bit. Yeah, just little bit. Like so close. <laughs> I know it's just like it's so close to being so good. You're, you're like this close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like the, if they had fleshed out those areas that we had talked about and Nick the been part with Mary, awesome. I honestly probably would have given it closer to an eight. But frustration. <laughs> So yeah. let's go ahead and move into the realism before yes. we get even more angry. Yes. So for realism, it's very hard to rate this one. This one was difficult, for sure. But I personally gave it a two. Now, this is before I heard, like, your breakdown of, like, how he came from, you know, his childhood mm -hmm. to the mines thing. So, and my inference might have been wrong, but that's just how I viewed it. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe I'd bump it up to a 2.5 to a 3. But regardless, like, the... It's like, I can see how the trauma can cause Scrooge to hate Christmas. But, like, how greedy he was and disregarding human life in particular. 
Like, I, I can understand, like, make him greedy, but they also, like, I don't know, just the fact that his greed also caused the the death of other human beings. I don't know. It, it just, it seemed like a, a big stretch. And, of course, the thing with Mary on, like, you know, you, you've been sexually abused, sir. Like, why would you even yeah. go there with her? Now, if he had shown any other proclivities like that, or any other tendencies, or other instances where he had done something similar, then it would have made more sense. But it was completely out of left field. Yep. Yeah. So... Yeah, just the, it's like the minds with your logic, I can, I can see the progression better, but I feel like they should have fleshed that out. They definitely should have fleshed it out. Completely nixed out the, yes. the Mary thing. And flushed out Elizabeth. Yes, flushed out Elizabeth. anything about. Focus a little bit more on the nephew too. Just yeah. like, it's such a long it's movie. A they had guy. plenty of time to do it and they're just you was this random guy that barged into his office yeah it was like i'm here to invite you to dinner with our family <laughs> you're like stranger danger he was really there just to deliver that one line of my mother said be kind to him he's dealing with an old wound which i'm paraphrasing obviously because I don't remember the exact line, but <laughs> essentially that's what he said. And it alludes more to what they go into of his past trauma. Like, honestly, it. <laughs> it kind of feels like the fact that they tried to stick so close to the original story that it kind of held it back in a it way. Did. Yeah. Where it's like, I feel like if they, I don't know, they're, they're just so many things that they could have done different. Yes. Anyways, choices were made. <laughs> Not all of them we agree with. Yeah. With it being in Victorian times, I do like the little details that they added to really flesh out the the era. Yeah. The clothing especially, they did a really good job on that. Yeah, like I feel like the whole setting, like yeah. you truly feel like you're in that time period. And the sets were so dark. Yeah, like the sets of this movie were—they were good. Yeah, they were really good. Yeah, like the cinematography, the the sets, oh yeah, the effects were all really good. They did a great job in those aspects. Yeah, it was just the storytelling. Yeah, it's the storytelling <laughs> that definitely held this back the most, and that's—it's like I know we keep harping on it, but it's like it's so frustrating because it's like. It's like, I gave it a 7.5 because I want to love this movie so much, but there's just so th some things. But it's like, honestly, if like we said, it was this close. <laughs> I, it's like, I feel like if they had covered all of the things that we talked about, this would definitely be like my go-to yeah. Christmas Carol movie. It slipped right through their fingertips. <laughs> yeah. So close. That's how close it was. Yeah. They grazed it. <laughs> But that's all I got for realism. I had a really, really hard time giving this a realism scale, too. I'm going to give it a three. I want to try to give it a little bit higher, but I can't. But it's... They play really fast and loose with time in this movie. Yeah, It gets dark, like pure dark, at 4 p.m. <laughs> and then they talk about how you're going to be visited by a ghost... One comes at midnight tonight, and the next comes each day after. 
Which I'm pretty sure is in the original rendition. I'm pretty sure it is. But then, all said and done, it's only been one night. But he goes through so much time and everything. It just doesn't make that much sense. And it's it becomes very confusing time-wise. To be fair, that's with most of the Christmas Carol yes. adaptations I've seen. And I have an issue with those as well. But <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Don't say one thing and do completely the opposite. Make it consistent, damn it. Just say, it's going to feel like a few days. But it's all going to happen in one night. But it... It just, they play real fast and loose with the time here and the lighting because of the time frames that they say it should be doesn't make that much sense. They totally could have just had it, like, it's all, they could have just changed it. It's all going to happen in one night. Yeah. (laughs) Because it was literally Christmas Eve, right? And their spirits, (laughs) like, it's supposed to be magic type stuff going on here. Like, it's going to be weird. So they could have just said, it's all going to be tonight. But no, (laughs) they didn't do that. Um, The fact that they spent so much time on Christmas past and then they go to Christmas present. And then a lot of what his sister, which I feel like his sister was a bad choice for Christmas present because she's dead (laughs) and been dead for a while. And they talked a lot about his past in Christmas present. Like... Christmas, Ghost of Christmas Past changed forms a few times. So when he was done with the Alibaba thing, he could have changed straight to his sister and continued on. It would have been even longer. But, you know, they needed to change that up a little bit anyway. But then she goes straight to just a little bit in the future. Like, none of what she really does is actually in the present. Which bothered me a lot. It didn't make that much sense. So she's kind of past, kind of future, but it's the dead sister, and it didn't really make sense that she was supposed to be the ghost of Christmas present. Yeah. See what you're saying. (laughs) Like, she was mostly there for him to have that moment of consolation and connection and being able to say goodbye to her and thank her for what she did for him that he never knew about. But... Was that entirely necessary? I feel like it wasn't. Yeah. They could have picked anyone else to be Christmas present, but actually show some things in the present, maybe. Jacob Marley looks pretty decent, considering he's been dead for a year. (laughs) Just saying. He also loses his jaw, but there's not really any blood or gore. He just kind of picks it up and shoves it back on his face. And it fits, and it works, and it... You can't tell that it had fallen off at all. See, for me, I was like, <laughs> I, I very much saw him as a spirit. So that's why I didn't really. Yeah, but then why have him lose his jaw? It just, it seemed like they were trying to attempt humor a little bit when it felt out of place. And if they're going to have it dark like that, then make it dark. Have blood all over the place. Or, like, have him, like, literally yeah. rotting away or exactly. something. Exactly. Yeah. And he even said at one point when Scrooge picked up the the iron poker for the fireplace, I'm just going to be messy the rest of the conversation if you do that. <laughs> well, clearly you're not going to be that messy, sir, because your jaw was on the floor <laughs> and there was nothing. <laughs> so, are you, though? <laughs> Uh, we already went over Mary's arc, which we're not going to touch anymore. We've harped enough about we're, it. We're done with Mary. We're done with Mary. <laughs> uh, 
again, there were no amends made to the families of the lost mine workers or workhouses, anything like that. Um, just Tiny Tim. Yeah, it's like just he had Tim. plenty of money. He could have donated money exactly. to them or... Exactly. It doesn't make sense that he gave away all of the saved profit to one family. And closing the business makes no sense. Yeah, it's like, it didn't, it's like, yeah, he made amends to one family. Yeah, that's it. One family. He didn't even say, they, he made a monument, or he had a monument made for the horses that died in the mine incident. Nothing about the families. Nothing about the people at all. Didn't say, you know what, I'm going to make another better monument for the people to the lives lost in that incident dedicated to the families none of you know part of my profits going forward from my business are going to go to these families for aid i'm not going to offer jobs for anyone because you know cratchit's leaving <laughs> gotta get someone <laughs> no nothing like that not going to set up a foundation nothing so it didn't make sense to just do better, more ethical business practices going forward and to help people further in the future and continuously in the future. Just, nope, going to give all of it to one family and nope out. Yeah. Never contacts his nephew again after all of that, even to say, you know what, you're right. I've been a horrible family member. I completely understand if you don't want any contact with me in the future ever. I appreciate all that you've done trying to reach out and be family with me. I do appreciate it. I didn't then. I do now. So if you don't want me to come or contact you anymore, I understand. But thank you. And that's it. He could have left it at that. He could have easily left it at that. But no. <laughs> Just, nah, I ain't gonna talk to my nephew anymore. <laughs> yeah. I already burned that bridge. He didn't quite yet. He had time. Mm -hmm. But alright, that's fine. <laughs> so, it just... The unfinishedness of the movie is what really gets me with that. Because he, they really could have had another bit on the end of this movie of him going through. And again... Him not being redeemable, but saying, you know what, I own that, I am a horrible person, but I am going to try to do better from here forward. I can't be forgiven for what I've done before, but I will be better from this point. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like he didn't quite learn what he was supposed to. Well, We've harped enough about everything else. Yeah, but, like, overall, if you want a lighter, more family-friendly movie... This is not the one. Yeah, go for <laughs> one of the other adaptations, yes. but if you want something more dark and gritty that has a bit more gothic horror elements, then I feel like this one is worth a watch, but it does have its pitfalls. Yeah. It does have pacing issues, it does have storytelling issues. Like, I feel like even if they, like, shave some bit in the beginning of the movie before the ghosts even come... Yes, then that would have given them more time to flush out the ghosts of the present and the future. Yeah. Like the, the stuff with Marley, like that was cool, but you didn't, they didn't Largely need that. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't need that. They could have replaced that with something that would give time for them to do something with the nephew or yeah. with the, the other ghosts. 
Yeah, what was the point of Marley wandering around the random woods and finding the bonfire? I don't know. I feel like it was mostly unnecessary there. Yes, like, whenever I sit back and just watch the movie and don't think about it too hard, then I enjoy it. Aside from the worst parts of the movie, like with Mary and the Mind, yes. those those I get kind of like, ooh. But with the other stuff, I really enjoy how dark they made it. And, like, the atmosphere. The atmosphere for the movie is great. Like, it does feel like a dark, gothic retelling. It does. But they're just... <laughs> took it a step too far in some places. And, <laughs> and not enough And in didn't flesh out others that they should have. Yeah. So. But we did enjoy it. We harped on it a lot, but we did enjoy it. <laughs> but it's kind of like one of those things. And we've had it before where you enjoy a movie so much, but you can see the potential that could have had to be way better. And it's just yes. one of those times where it's like, it's just frustrating where it's like, <laughs> Yeah, I enjoyed the movie as is, but there's so much more they could have done to make it way better. You could have made it great. Yeah. But thank you for joining us today. And we would really be interested to hear your thoughts on this movie. Um, Do you agree with, you know, our take on it or do you hate it? Do you love it? We would love to know. And if you'd like to recommend a movie, game, or tea and keep up to date with our content, you can find us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and our Discord server, and most places you listen to podcasts. All the things. All the things. (laughs) And if you'd like to support the podcast, please subscribe, like, and share our content. If you'd like to support us monetarily, we do have our Teespring available with our merch, like these mugs. Yes, please don't kill me. (laughs) And we also have our PayPal and our affiliate link with Plum Deluxe available. Again, it does not affect the price of the tea. It just allows us to continue to do what we love. And all of those sites mentioned will be linked below. And until the next time, guys, stay safe and stay spoopy. Bye! Bye.